Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Find an extra of myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, myself and Gareth will discuss a win for Harlem Eubank at the weekend. He saw of Timo Schwarzkopf before calling out certain Connor Ben. A huge news, by the way, expected later this week. There will be a card announced on the 23rd of December featuring, we're hearing, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, but not against each other. We'll discuss the rumoured card and how it's likely to work. A live boxing on TalkSport this weekend, we are going to bring you coverage of the Magnificent Seven card, which is headlined by Denzel Bentley versus Nathan Heaney. By the way, I will say this, I think that's the best card Frank Warren's put on this year. Really good card, that. And we'll discuss a big moment, Britain's Tom Aspinall, who made light work of Sergei Pavlovich to become the UFC interim heavyweight champion. As always, lots to go through in the hour. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. from it but you can't hide for long you see in there that's um, a guy that's never been stopped back-to-back wins um, I don't believe Connor's bought anyone like that and I'm here I'm WBO global champion and I'm coming from it's, it's it's exciting but is it is it too much Gareth is it too do you need that many stars on who are not fighting each other they're just fighting on one card it'd be really great and I'm sure you'll be out there Gareth and you'll be it'll be big 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 name after big name um, and you've had a great night, but then maybe the next morning you're thinking, oh, I would have enjoyed that if that was a great month. Mr. Gareth A. Davis, how are we, sir? Mr. Adi Oladipo, I'm very, very well indeed. Thank you. How are you? Can't complain, my man. Can't complain. Let's just dive straight into this one because it is a busy show as always. Uh, Harlem Eubank um, on the weekend in Brighton. Um, got the job done against Timo Schwarzkopf. Uh, stopped him in the 11th round, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, and then the immediate aftermath called out Conor Ben. So I guess there's a jump to £147 planned. What, what did you make of Harlem's performance? Well, I thought he managed the fight very well. Um, he's a beautiful stylist in the way that he fights and the way that he moves. There were question marks as he was going through the fight. Obviously, he dropped Schwarzkopf in the third. He looked 
to have quite wobbly legs throughout the fight, but he's a very unusual fighter and he's off balance a lot when he throws heavily. Um, but as I say, I thought he managed the pace of the fight very well. He was very patient. Terrific finish. I think it was impressive. Mm. Um, but the call-out of... Or the not but and the call-out of Conor Ben I liked. Um, I almost think that if we can get Eubank against Ben and then Ben against Eubank, two in a row, one at middleweight and one at welterweight, well, that's fine. Um, you never know what's going to happen in this game. But I feel like the more I look at it, at middleweight, it's a mismatch for Chris Eubank Jr. against Conor Ben in terms of weight divisions for a reason. And I think this fight would be much, much more competitive. But I would see Conor Ben as a big favourite um, against yeah. uh, against Harlem. Yeah, certainly. I, I agree. I, and I agree with both your points as well. I don't like the idea of Conor going to 160. Uh, to fight uh, Chris Eubank Jr. But I also can see Conor Ben being a bit too much for Harlem Eubank. Um, Harlem obviously wants to do this jump to 147. And the 147 division in this country isn't as strong, I don't think, as 140. Um, uh, so I wonder if it's a case of he can't make weight or he's chasing Conor Ben, like Conor Ben's chasing Chris, because I almost feel like he should stay at 140. Uh, Dalton Smith has said it's a fight he would entertain. You know, we're going to touch on Adam Azim, who's going to be in and around sort of where Harlem wants to be as well. So I wonder why he would want to jump to 147 when there are good domestic fights at 140. Well, he may be struggling with the weights. He didn't look like he was, um, but uh, but they might just be after that Conor Ben fight. It might be strategy from Chris Senior, Chris Eubank Senior, obviously, who is guiding him at the moment in his career. And it was great to see him there on Saturday night. I mean, on Friday night, rather. They... they they definitely pushed the theme, get your license, Conor Ben, we're coming for you. I think I heard that about eight times in the post-fight yeah. interviews. Um, that's what they're targeting. They've made no secret of it. And I think that's what the 147 is all about. You know, I think how will his power carry up to 147 is one thing. And as you rightly say, at 140, with the likes of Jack Catterall, Josh Taylor's moved up, really. Um, there's, there's plenty of great bouts for him at 140. And, and let's not forget, he's 19-0 and 0 now, I think, is Harlem. Mm. Um, and he's come very slowly and he's come out of the shadows in a very slow way, in the right way for him as well. But there's question marks. There's question marks about a couple of things. Is 147 right? Does he have the power at 147? That's up to him to show us. Yeah, uh, good uh, for it to be a fight. I mean, you spoke about this last week on a Friday, but also good that... We are seeing more boxing now on the South Coast and boxing that's on TV as well. When you think of where boxing has been for the last 20 or so years in this country, it's really London and sort of in and around mm. the North East, so whether it be Manchester mm. or Liverpool. So it's good to see boxing on the South Coast. We've got Chris Billum-Smith fighting in Bournemouth soon as well. That's how it should be, spread around the UK. Absolutely. That fight with Mateus Masternak, uh, Billum-Smith defending his world title, sold out already, by the way. Um, I'm assuming wow. it's at the football ground again. It's at the football ground, isn't it? Um, it was. It was a no, no. I, I think it's at the, the Bournemouth Civic Centre or something. Oh, they've gone to the Civic Centre this time. That's a shame. Obviously, it's this time of year they can't go outdoors. But that was a brilliant, balmy evening in Bournemouth. Um, I remember driving down there in the open top car, believe it or not, to get down there after I'd come back from somewhere, um, and. You know, uh, mocking myself here, even arrived at the venue guns out 
Um, because, do you remember how warm that <laughs> night was? It was incredible. Um, Boiling, yeah. But, yeah, but more, more of the same. There's a reason, of course, why some venues can't be used because it's like you don't get events down in the southwest very much because you need to be within, I think it's within an hour of um, a brain unit in in, in different hospitals oh. so that you can, yeah, that's one of the reasons that, that the law on that changed many years ago in in, in the history uh, books of the British Boxing Board of Control after what happened to Michael Watson. So they've, they've it's, mm. it's, in, it's enshrined in, in policy now that you've got to be within an hour of a, of a brain unit at a hospital. Yeah, that's interesting. Didn't know that. That's why we don't get Plymouth or Cornwall or, 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 or you know, up in the far depths of Scotland. That's why we don't get those uh, those venues or down in the valleys in Wales. Yeah, I've always just thought we don't get events there because we don't have a boxer that sells tickets there. I didn't know it was because mm. of those reasons. I've always felt that they're not going there because there is no one there. And now we do have, you know, in Chris Billum Smith, a Bournemouth fighter and Harlem Eubank, Brighton. Obviously, Eubank was based in Brighton all, the, all, all, all those years. I just thought that's the only reason we're going there. I didn't know it was because of that. That's interesting. See, that's why you're the great Gareth A. Davis, because you give out uh-huh. those little golden nuggets. Uh-huh. It, it is true. Do, we'll do you think we'll get the... Them, um, keep taking them. Yeah, do you think we'll get the um, Harlem Eubank, Conor Ben fight? Do you think if he calls them out enough, Chris is going to... Sorry, Conor's going to bite? I think we're going to get Chris Eubank Jr. is no mug, um, and in what his dad has said is a mug's game. If you recall all those years ago, and he knows mm. that that fight has got bigger and bigger over the last year since obviously the the Clomiphene test and and the fight being suspended. It's a big earner for both men. It's not a difficult fight for him, in my view, uh, against Conor Ben. I know his father doesn't want him to take the fight, but I, I think that fight will happen. I mean, I think even today there were. There's a lot of rumours at the moment. There's a lot of things going on in boxing, but a lot of rumours. I think the rumours were today that it could be February the 3rd, I'm right in thinking. Oh, I heard January. Um, that was Interesting. certainly knocking about today. Oh, you heard January. No, I, I heard mm. early February today, but I think that fight will happen. And I'm hearing it was outdoors at Spurs. That's what I was hearing today. Wow. See, see, this is where, and I've spoken to Tony Bellew about this. This is where me and Tony Bellew completely disagree. He thinks it does a stadium. I'm like, no, I don't know if it does do a stadium. I, I feel like you said it's bigger and bigger. Do you also now believe it can, look, it was originally supposed to be at the O2 Arena. Do you think it can now do a stadium, which is three times bigger than the O2? Yeah, I mean, what have they got? They've got uh, six, they've got 12 weeks to sell it. They could do um, a series of press conferences. I think it does 40,000 anyway. And if they went hard at it, maybe they could get another 20, 25. So maybe it would do it in the end where people would say, you know what, I want to be there on the night. Um, it might get an older audience as well uh, because of the fathers 28 years ago, whatever it was. So, you mm. know, it's a historic fight in lots of ways. It's, a, it, it's not meaningful other than, you know, the, the bloodlines. So it's in yeah. that DNA where the where this fight is 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 a box office where it's pay per view. But um, I think it would would have been a much closer fight with with Eubank Junior. Uh, boiling down to one fifty seven, but I, I just don't see it as a close fight because you look at who Chris Eubank Junior. Even though he's never won a fully fledged world title, he has still been in against some very, very good fighters. 
world-class yeah. fighters. Yes, a late James DeGale, but the 12 rounds with, with George Groves, who's a big super middleweight as well. Um, he's been in with a lot of decent names. Billy Joe Saunders, Nick Blackwell, all these guys. So I think he went in with Nick. Yeah, it was Nick Blackwell. Of course it was. He did. Because Nick was yeah, hurt in that was. fight. He's been in with a lot of quality fighters. And I'm not sure that, that Conor Ben's been in with that level of fighter yet. Quick uh, segue, only just because you mentioned there, George Groves, I know he was in the studio with you uh, on Saturday for Fight Night on Talk Sport. And I, I saw the clip during the rounds of when he said he thinks Tyson Fury could retire in terms of the options. And he was very sure of himself. Like, you know, just my own opinion. He said, I think Tyson Fury retires. Um, your reaction was, of course he doesn't. And I believe you as well. I'm with you. Of course he doesn't. But he was quite strong in, in that take that Fury maybe does call it a day instead of fight. Alexander Usyk? Well, George may be proved wrong in the long term, but I don't think he will be. I think Fury will fight Usyk. Um, I feel like he has to. And, you know, that fight's already signed. We expect it to take place. We we understand in February. I just don't see it. I, I, I see him fighting Usyk and I see him fighting Usyk twice. Interesting. Um, let's see how it all plays out in the next sort of few months. All right, you're listening to Find Out Extra on TalkSport 2 still to come. We'll chat a landmark night for Tom Aspinall, who became the new UFC interim heavyweight champion. Plus, we're going to look ahead to the Magnificent Seven card this weekend as well. That is live on TalkSport. But up next, a mega announcement expected this week concerning both Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Welcome back. You're listening to Find Out Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's get to the big rumour mill. And I think this has now become more than a rumour. I think it is fact. And this is a Saudi card that will take place as part of Riyadh season, December 23rd. Remember that the date? That's the date that was penciled in or rubber stamped in for Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. That, as Gareth and I are led to believe, will now happen later on in the year, February or March. In its place... We're hearing Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, two former heavyweight champions, will be on the card, but not against each other. Great to have Gareth here because he's the man that's going to fill us in on this. What type of truth is it? Rumours? Where are we on this one, Gareth? Do you think this is going to happen? Well, look, it is only rumours at this stage. Um, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but obviously uh, it was broken in America um, on Saturday night as a rumoured story by uh, Dan Raphael. Um, mm. How much of this is true will only probably become more obvious or be verified this week or into next week. Um, but it is phenomenal if we have got Anthony Joshua, in my view, and Deontay Wilder on the same card. What's great about it is... We're getting the big names under one umbrella. That's always been the ambition of the Saudi Arabians to, to get the best heavyweight fights done. We were over there two weeks ago. It was obvious what the ambitions are. And it's weird. Of the, the difference, this is quite interesting, the differential between those that were over there like we were and those that weren't there, I don't think people have quite grasped it, the ones that haven't been there, Eddie, that... You only got yeah. to see how serious they are about it by being there. Um, and then there's arguments from other people like George Groves on Saturday night. Yeah, but should you be having all these fights on one card? Yes. This is the ignition 
being started on the motor of the heavyweight division and it will only help all the other divisions. We've got heavyweight boxing and we've got the rest. And when heavyweight boxing is strong and vibrant, it filters down, you know, like a cascade, cascading waterfall on the other divisions. So if we have got Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder on the same card, not necessarily against each other, it means we are definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, look, I think it's fantastic. And, and I'm with you. There are a different, differing views of people that were in Saudi and people that were at home. Because if you were in Saudi, there's no way you can leave Saudi and say that wasn't one of the greatest things you've ever witnessed. And, and you also can't leave there saying that these people aren't serious about putting on some of the biggest events. And I guess this sums it up. Again, this is all rumours at the moment, but we are hearing potentially AJ versus Otto Volin. Otto Volin coming off this good win against Gassiev a few weeks back. Deontay Wilder versus Joseph Parker who fought Simon Keane. We're hearing Dimitri Bivol versus Richard Rivera. Philip Herkovich maybe on it. Daniel Dubois, Frank Sanchez. I mean, if you if that doesn't excite you as a boxing fan, I then maybe you need to watch another sport. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there, that's, we, that's six of the top 10, arguably, on that yeah. card. <laughs> so yeah. it, 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 you, can't, you can't argue with that. Um, and there'll be people who are saying, oh, but we've waited five years for Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. No, but the fact that they're on the same card points to the fact that these fights are going to happen. Yes, it might be Deontay Wilder if he beats Joseph Parker, if he fights Joseph Parker against Francis Ngannou next, if Anthony Joshua beats Otto Valin. And that's a very interesting fight, by the way, because Otto Valin's got better and better and better He's only lost mm. once, remember, to Tyson Fury. That could be a testing fight for Joshua. But um, the fact that you'll have seen it today, I saw it today, or yesterday as it was now, the pictures of His Excellency Turkey Al-Sheikh, um, the, the, the minister with um, Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn, um, I'm mm. assuming it was the last couple of days. It just shows that there are, there are talks going on. We saw that with Alexander Rusik where he put out a picture, his excellency put out a picture of him with Alexander Usyk. And within a day or two, what did we have? The fight between Fury and Usyk signed, didn't we? So things are definitely yeah. moving in the background. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. And I, I saw that photo as well. And I'm guessing that photo would have been, as you say, we're filming this um, on Monday evening. So by the time this comes out, yeah, the photo would have been today or yesterday, apologies. So yeah, I, I can't see anything but this happening now. Um, AJ's always said... Every time I've interviewed him, I want three fights this year. I want three fights this year. I thought December was quite ambitious because of what are we now? December 23rd, we're six weeks away. But it looks like he's going to get his wish. And it's not just three fights in a year. It's three fights in eight months for AJ, which, I mean, you'd have to go back to an AJ first turn pro for that type of activity. So it is good. It's three fights. It's with three fights under Derek James as well, with Ben Davison helping behind the scenes. And yes, you're right. It isn't AJ Wilder, and we all want that. But... We want to see Wilder fight, he's going to fight. We want to see AJ fight, he's going to fight. And there's some other great names on the card as well. It's as stacked as Fury and Garnu was, if not maybe yeah. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's fascinating because you have got the crossover of promoters. I think it's a good thing. You're getting the promoters coming together now um, or having to come together to be on these cards. Um, hmm. Things are being swept up under the whole... Um, tsunami, if you like, the umbrella 
of what they want to do over there in Saudi Arabia. And I, I, there'll be people who are critical of it. They always are in boxing. Um, they'll always be the naysayers. But I think these are moves that are getting the heavyweight division. I've always said it to you, Eddie, and I've kept, said this for years. Timing, money and ego and all things are lining up at the moment. Because Anthony Joshua versus Otto Valin, if that's confirmed, and Deontay Wilder versus Joseph Parker, if that's confirmed, who walks first? Who fights first? Which is the main event? All of these things are going to be fascinating. Because who is, in in my view, who's achieved more in the heavyweight division if you put them both of them together? Both Wilder and Parker are former world champions. Maybe they are the headline event. They'll have to kind of iron out all these things with, and you're probably going to ask me about this anyway, with, with the TV deals as well. How does that all work out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting because obviously the last time we were in Saudi and you, you said it was only a couple of weeks ago, which is crazy. It feels like a lifetime ago already yeah. now, but it was only a couple it of weeks does. ago. It does. It does, doesn't it? I got, when you said a couple of weeks, it I was does. like, I was really like, really? Two weeks ago? Um, the Zone had the worldwide rights. ESPN had the American rights. And um, TNT obviously had the rights over here in the UK. How does that work now? Uh, who, who gets what? Because if it's AJ headline, and surely DAZN are going to want the UK rights because that's where their their man will sell the most pay-per-view. So I still feel like there's a lot to iron out here in a short space of time. And you are correct. Who walks first? Because if you're Deontay Wilder, you're not going to want to walk second and, sorry, be chief support to AJ. You're not going to want to do that. And AJ certainly isn't going to be want to be chief support to Deontay Wilder. There's a problem. Maybe we'll only have one venue this time, though. Um, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be. <laughs> um, all, all, all I know is that if they're serious about it, they'll find a way through it because they have so far. Um, and you have to take your hats off to them. Um, they've, they've, they've really pushed through uh, on this. Um, I think, you know, the promoters coming together, I really see as a good thing because they do need to start working mm. together because they've the promoters have traditionally had different relationships. They've had different relationships with different sanctioning bodies. And if we can get the rival promoters under one umbrella and not just have these occasional fights like Tyson and Holyfield, Lewis and Tyson, um, and Mayweather and Pacquiao, if we can get the champions under one roof more often, you know, because we have had quite a lot of undisputed titles. By the way, in mentioning all this, You've also got Wilder with Premier Boxing Champions. You've got um, you've got um, Joshua, who's got an exclusive deal with the Matchroom UK DAZN stable now, hasn't he? You've got yeah. guys there who are involved with Queensbury and signed to Queensbury, and and guys who signed to ESPN. Maybe they all have to show it. Maybe they just all mm. all the broadcasters will have to show it. But that's not a bad thing because we'll we'll work out the wheat from the chaff. And, and see which ones there, are there, working better and which ones aren't. There, there will be people listening to this and saying, okay, let's let's ask the question, why is Addy not asked Gareth this yet? Why is AJ and Wilder on the same card yet not fighting each other? Well, because they're building towards it, clearly. Um, I, I think they will fight each other. Um, it's five years since we've been talking about this, by the way. 2018. There will be people asking mm. that question. Um, but they're, they're clearly building towards it. They're building towards Joshua and, and Wilder facing each other or Joshua and Wilder facing Nagano. Um, 
Neither of them has got a belt at the moment. Um, obviously, Hearn, Eddie Hearn, the promoter, was on about them fighting each other. That's obviously gone mm. by the way. So I don't know the reasons why. Um, but this is only the second major event that we've seen in the Riyadh season. And I think they're doing okay. They're doing all right, yeah, right? It's now. not... You, you... No, you're right. It's not bad. I mean, it's just, again, the frustration for some fight fans is like, you know, although you are correct, they are building to something. It's almost as though the Saudis have only jumped on the Wilder AJ thing now, whereas we as sort of UK and American fight fans have been waiting, as you say, five, six years for it. And it's like, okay, one second, they're there. They're going to be walking 20 minutes apart. Just make it. Can we just make it? How can we keep rolling the dice here? AJ is going to fight Otto Volin at Southpaw. And, um, Deontay Wilder, who should beat Joseph Parker, hasn't fought for two years or he's done one round in two years. We're risking this, aren't we? The more we put them in with other opponents, we are risking missing out on one of the biggest heavyweight fights of all time. That is one way of looking at it, but it also means that they've got to keep proving themselves as well. Um, and I, I look, if they're building towards it, it doesn't surprise me that they... Uh, I mean, who who... Who knows? Maybe if Wilder and Joshua both win, maybe we'll get them on the undercard of the Undisputed. Who knows? You know? Yeah, maybe. And How hopefully good this that is be? the case. Yeah. Oh, God, it'll be ridiculous. It'll be ridiculous. And maybe they get in the ring or someone does some sort of face-off after this, again, rumoured event on the 23rd of December. That will be good as well. I can't wait to the press conference if they're both going to be there. Imagine that, by the way. AJ and Wilder in exactly. the same room. We, we, when's well, that happened? But this is part of part of when people get in the same room together, things happen, and that's part of what's happened because of these internecine rivalries within the sport. Pacquiao and Mayweather came across each other at basketball game in a lounge, and we got yeah. the fight between those guys eventually. Um, if we get all these people under the same umbrella at the same event, more things are going to happen. More of these. They're going to have a feel for each other. They're going, like Wilder never came to Joshua's fights. Joshua never went to Wilder's fights. And, and they should have been doing that. A ego again. Ego. But the ego and the money and the timing are lining up right now. And if people want to knock it, they can knock it. But this is a great time for boxing and heavyweight division, in my view, with what's happening. What does more pay-per-views, Fury Usyk or AJ Wilder? I think Fury Usyk. I think AJ but I'd Wilder. I'd love to see AJ Wilder. Well, you know, you're entitled to that view. You may be right. Mm. Uh, it's a different mm. kind of fight. It's a very different kind of fight. Um, mm. Wilder against uh, AJ is, can oh, AJ God. do it against Wilder? I know, yeah. or will he get knocked out? Fury and Usyk <laughs> is, is the defining fight of the era for me on two technical giants. Let, let, Let's put Fury's performance to, against Nagano to one side just for a minute. Um, that's, a, that's an amazing fight. I think they'll fight two times because I think it'll be so close between them in the first fight. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a draw. It really wouldn't. I could see a draw okay. between them. No, could you? We see a draw, then we see it again. I, I think it could be very, very close. And the best thing about a draw is it has to happen one more time uh, to get some sort of resolution. Um, look, we'll update you when we know what's going on with this December 23rd card, but fingers crossed it happens. All right, still to come, we are going to talk UFC. Uh, who next for Tom Aspinall after he secured the interim heavyweight title? 
But we'll also talk live boxing on TalkSport this weekend. And Shakur Stevenson's in action as well. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know you'll have really bad intention when it comes to the fight. He's there for the knockouts. Really good left hand from Denzel Bentley on a run. Kieran Smith is down. I still punch people in the face. I'm the nicest hard <laughs> you'll ever meet. Great Bobby Shaw by Heaney, and he can't take that one. Yan Yadin down. It was absolute peace. I think it's going to be a cracker of a fight, and I promise the winner of this fight will get a shot at the world title next year. Inside a minute, Denzel Bentley defends the British middleweight title. He's going to come and bring his best. You lot said it's his dream, and I've never known a man not to fight as hard as they can for what they want. Nathan Heaney gives his fans the win that they want. Dreams don't always come true, you know. You can all dream. Choose your words wisely, because you never know what could happen. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Don't forget live boxing return to TalkSport this Saturday as Denzel Bentley defends his British middleweight title against Nathan Heaney. That's at the Manchester Arena. Our team of the night includes presenters Adam Catchell, Gareth A. Davis and former champion Spencer Oliver and Carl Froch. And commentating on the event will be John Rawlin. All right. I like this. The Magnificent Seven. I said at the top of the show, I think it's Frank's best card. And what I meant was domestically. Obviously, it's not as good as what we saw in Saudi. But domestically, this is a, an unbelievably good card. And, and credit to Frank for putting this on because I think we've seen, I've always felt like everyone's spreading themselves thin over here, whether it be DAZN, Boxer, Wasserman, just to make sure they continually put on cards. And I think this is probably the thickest card we've seen domestically for a while. Yeah, I mean, you might say that Bentley against Nathan Heaney is the... the that Heaney's slightly overmatched. But when you look down the card, um, you know, you've got some amazing fights on the card. You've got some brilliant events um, on it. You've got um, a showcase of great talents, young talents, emerging talents, women. Um, and Frank's always done this, by the way. He's always developed from the bottom up as well as the top down you can never say he hasn't done that never really ladies never ladies mm. never really females he's, he's kind of not done the females yeah so that surprises me it's good i mean hannah rankin's a good solid opponent um sorry good fighter but it's good that he's now starting to push that as well i think i think he's always tried 
Um, Raven mm. Chapman's in his stable as well. Um, I think it's just there aren't that many great females around to promote. And, and Eddie Hearn has delved into that over the last, what do I want to say, eight years since the emergence of Katie Taylor and has done a great job of it. Um, Bob Arum's spoken to me about this in the past, the nonagenarian promoter from top rank in Las Vegas um, with Mia St. John and others. Um, you know, th- there's been piecemeal stars of women's boxing over a long period of time. Layla Ali covered her early career, covered her against Jackie Frazier lied, by the way, I don't think I ever told you about this. Um, Joe Frazier's daughter in a circus tent in Syracuse, New York, an amazing seven or eight round fight where they went to it. The old men were there. So there's just been these kind of dotted periods when there's been a little bit of success and I think we'll see Frank. Frank had Nicola Adams, of course, didn't he, after the London 2012 Games? I'm not sure Nicola did massive numbers. Obviously, she's been a very successful person um, and, and celebrity since the boxing as well. But um, no, to go back to the original point, it's a terrific card. Can't wait to be there on um, Friday and Saturday this week for that, for the weigh-ins and uh, the, the Manchester Arena. Always great to be there. It's a big fight city manchester and that that arena generates an incredible atmosphere yeah it will just to go through some of the names on the card as well uh, nick ball versus isaac dogbo former world champion that's a great fight that really is echo usman who is probably the best welterweight in the country um harry scarf gets an opportunity there and nathaniel collins who's a puncher against zach miller solomon dakers who's made the switch from matrimon the zone um english heavyweight champion he takes on Michael Webster. So it's a good card. Honestly, it's a good card. It's one of those wins I could watch from top to bottom. And I don't say that about a lot of cards. So yeah, very, very good card that they're putting on. Uh, Adam Azim fights this weekend as well. It's gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, Richard Riappo's on that card as well. Um, it's not the best. And I, I don't want to be too critical because again, I just said that everyone's cards are thin, but I was looking at the card that Boxer are putting on. And... I don't think that's good enough for Sky Sports, if I'm honest with you. Well, that's your opinion. I mean, I think I, I, it's a test for Adam Azim in his 10th fight against <clears throat> a 33-fight veteran in Franck Petitjean. Um, who's Petitjean? Um, but I think Adam Azim is someone I'm very interested in. I mean, it's not a big card. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't really compete no. with the Magnificent Seven. I agree with you. Um but uh, but it is a it's a small hall card in Wolverhampton. That's really what it is. Headlined by Azim fighting for the European title in his tenth fight. Um, we both expressed our views that Richard Riakpor we'd like to see in a world title. We'd like to have seen him yeah. facing um, Chris Billum Smith uh, and not Billum Smith against Masterneck. Um, but this is what they've chosen to do. We aren't the promoters. Um, we can critique it, but we can't do anything about it. The fans and the, the the ticket payers will 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 turn up if they want to. Um, Billum Smith's popular; he sold out already, um, so you can't take that away from them. But uh, yeah, I've, I will always keep an eye on Adam Azim because I think he could be one of the stars of the sport. He's got some great skills, and I'm looking forward to it. As I am Thursday night, by the way, and you'll tell me what's going on because you've just remembered. What's going on Thursday night? Shaka Stevenson. Oh, you're talking about the great Shakur Stevenson against Edwin De Los Santos. That's strange, isn't it, though? Thursday night. 
Formula One is going on in Vegas at the weekend and they're closing off lots of roads on the strip. So that they've had to um, do it on a Thursday at the T-Mobile Arena. So people can cross the road, my friend. It's supposed to have been Frank Martin, who um, for whatever reason decided he doesn't fancy it. And so it is De Los Santos who, I mean, look, let's hope he can put up a, a good show and against Shakur Stevenson, it won't be easy because Shakur looks hungry, looks mean. And, and also, let's not forget as well, Shakur Stevenson, I, I think I'm correct in saying, could become a freeweight world champion. I mean, did he not win a belt at Feather, Super Feather? Now this is the vacant WBC lightweight title. Yep, yep. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he wins titles at 140 as well as 135. I mean, he's so mm. talented. I mean, I, I mean, I can't <clears throat> get accused of being a Tyson Fury fanboy, which I'm not. Um, I saw <laughs> wow. a close working relationship. But if, I, if I'm a fanboy of anyone, it's probably Shakur Stevenson. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I just think he's so talented. I want to see him in. I think he handles Edwin De Los Santos, the Dominican handily. Um, I don't necessarily think he'll stop him. What is he? Twenty victories, ten stoppages, ten decisions. Um, he's just so skillful. They're both southpaws, by the way, as well, which is interesting. Mm. Um, so he'll have to unlock that key. Um, but if Shaka finds a way, Shakur finds a way uh, to, to get the finish, he'll take it. Um, he's so comfortable in the office. But I want to see him in against Vasyl Lomachenko in the next 12 months. And I'd like to see him in with uh, Javonta Davis as well. These are these are super fights, as far as I'm concerned. And this kid is the number one yeah. pound for pound. That's where he's headed. That is where he's headed. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. If, if in three or four years he's not pound for pound number one on the planet, it's because of him. Because he has all the skills, yeah. the attributes, the attitude to become the best fighter. And I think you said he could... When it's on at 140, I think he could even maybe go one more because he's he physically looks like he could fill out a little bit as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on the weekend. All right, you're listening to Final oh, Thursday. <laughs> you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport 2. Next up, <laughs> next up, we're going to talk UFC 295 and a landmark night for Mr. Tom Aspinall. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gary Faye Davis. All right, let's talk uh, MMA. UFC 295 is in the books. Tom Aspinall finished Sergei Pavlovich in the opening round to become the new uh, interim heavyweight champion. And it's important we say that as well. And this is not a dig at Tom Aspinall, but there is a legit heavyweight champion out there. And that name is uh, Mr. John Jones. Um, obviously, he was injured. His fight with Stipe was called off. And this was the interim title um, so look, I think in order to become the real deal, and I mean the heavyweight champion, you've got to get through the champion, and that guy is John Jones, and hopefully we see that fight, fingers crossed. If not, John should vacate and let Tom Aspinall fight a Cyril Garn or, or anyone else. Um, but in all that being said, uh, Gareth, credit Tom Aspinall. I mean, you think of what happened to him against Curtis Blades, um, what, a few months back at the O2 Arena. I mean, for him then to kind of do this what is it, eight, nine months later, a year later, against Pavlovich, who can smack as well. Credit to the man. Oh, absolutely. What, a, what an incredible year of recovery and a comeback. It just shows his resilience and his tenacity and his determination and his patience. Um, yeah, like you say, I'm the same. You take nothing away from him, even though it's called the interim title. It's not quite the same as the achievements of Michael Bisping and Leon Edwards or Conor McGregor in this part of the world. 
because mm. he does still need to beat, I think, Johnny Bones Jones to be considered the true champion. But it was an amazing feat. He was brilliant all last week, psychologically brilliant. Um, he, he really got into Sergei Pavlovich, I think, mentally. He complimented him, but then took stuff away from him. It was a very fast opening round finish. Didn't take any damage at all. Um, and I suppose the big question now is, like you were just saying, should he fight Cyril Garn, who's ranked number one, by the way? Um, should he mm. fight Cyril Garn and get him out of the way? I think I think he beats Garn. Um, should he fight Stipe Miocic, get him out of the way? Because let's not forget, Stipe Miocic was about to be challenging John Jones for the title. Cyril Garn is, is one yeah. uh, in the rankings. So there are other guys there, even though Tom now holds the mantle of interim champion. So this, but they're all good things for him, frankly. Um, and I thought he performed brilliantly on the night. Yeah, I, I just want to see him stay busy. And I think that's the important thing with this heavyweight division. I mean, Stipe has been less than a part-time fighter for the last five years. We know John's issues as well. And I think with Tom Aspinall, apart from the injury, I mean, hopefully we get activity from him. Like what you want to see is that belt defended every three or four months, even if it's not the big names. I mean, Curtis Blades, Chuck and Derek Lewis, I just want to see him fight. I just want to see him fight because that's what, it, it should be the marquee division, the heavyweight division. But I feel like it's almost been on like on pause because of this is, issue with Nganu as well. So hopefully Tom Aspinall just shows some sort of activity. And if we get the John Bone Jones fight, I mean, who would you favour of the two? Because Michael Bisping the other day said, oh, he thinks that, um, Tom Aspinall destroys John. And I'm like, no one destroys John. I don't care if it's heavyweight. No one destroys him. I would see John Jones as the favourite in that fight. But seeing how Aspinall carries himself, um, you know, especially against a guy in Pavlovich, I think he stopped his last five or six in the first round, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, as a destroyer. And we're talking about Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, who've just stood in front of him. Um, so... No, I would pick John Jones as the favourite. You know what I think about Jones. He finds a way with everyone. Um, he'd get hands-on. Um, but then again, Tom Aspinall has a fantastic ground game as well. It's a fight I want to see. It's a huge fight. And if, and if Tom can build his name and his brand in the meantime in America that John, John Jones is away, it becomes a huge fight. And also, let's not forget, yeah. Tyson Fury was out there congratulating him as well because he's also been a member of uh, the sparring team for Tyson Fury before fights as well. So, uh, yeah, it was um, a, a great achievement by Tom Aspinall. Um, and it's great that someone in the heavyweight division has made such inroads for this part of the world because we're still catching them up in lots of ways in, in the United States in, in MMA terms. Yeah, could we see Tom Aspinall um, swap those MMA gloves for boxing gloves? Clearly a very, very good striker, right? Really good boxer. So it could happen. It could happen. Uh, I just want to talk uh, very quickly about Alex Pereira becoming a 2-8 world champion. Um, it's more, not necessarily his performance that everyone's talking about. It's the call-out of Adesonia, which I love. I mean, this is a beef that's going to just keep on going and going yeah. and going. And credit to Pereira. I mean, to become a 2-8 world champion this quick, I mean, look, he's quite lucky in the fact that it's Adesanya and had history there, so he was always going to fight Israel. But to do it this quick is incredible. He's doing what I thought Kamzat Shemaev would have done. 
I thought Hamzat would have done all this and Hamzat hasn't. And Pereira has just almost quietly done it and quietly overachieved. Absolutely. And, and it's not the beef that keeps on going. It's the beef that keeps on giving because um, it really is giving. Mm. And look, obviously we know um, Israel Adesanya, who we bumped into out in Saudi, by the way, who was out there, wasn't he? Um, yeah. He's obviously gone up to light heavy before and and came up short against Jan Blakovic, who was just too big for him. But Pereira has that great power that not a lot of other middleweights have. Um, hey, if he wants to make it happen, he'll make it happen. If Israel Adesanya gets the nod and the tick from the UFC and they think it does numbers, they'll go for it. It's a Machiavellian algorithm, if you like. If They, they know that if it does numbers, <laughs> if these guys going at each other again works for them, it'll happen. You're probably, I reckon it's probably 70, 80% that it does happen if they can make it happen. Yeah, I think it does incredible numbers for the UFC. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is play play back that post-fight interview, play back some of the results of them knocking each other out. They, there's a clearly a respect there because they we've seen sort of images and videos behind the scenes of them to randomly in New Zealand and other places. But there's also clearly a dislike there, and I think it just I think it's such a fantastic story, and uh, I, I I'd be scared for Izzy to give this guy any weight advantage because he looks enormous in the ring. Like he's moved up from 185 to 205 and he looks bigger than the 205ers. <laughs> so I don't know. If I'm Izzy, it's a catch weight or going up to 205 just seems to be like almost a death wish for me. Best of enmities, best of enemies, these two. Make it happen. It's hard for Israel up at 205, but I can't see him turning down the challenge, Eddie. No, nor can I. I can't see him turning down the big payday as well. Uh, Gareth, my man, as always, great show. We squeezed in quite a lot, as we always do. Thank you very, very much. Hopefully, by the time we're recording this next week, uh, we're talking about this big Saudi card, December 23rd. Fingers crossed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 